Thank you for tuning in to our Customer Experience Talks podcast powered by Alterna CX. Alterna CX is an AI-based customer experience measurement and management software company. We enable businesses to measure and manage customer experiences anytime, anywhere, effortlessly with simplified AI technology. Uh, my name is Nazlu. I'm working with the marketing team here at Alterna. So today we're joined by John Berry, a leading practitioner and thought leader within retail financial services. His drive for innovation and out-of-the-box thinking has enabled him to work successfully with numerous well-known banking and retail brands to deliver a transformational customer-centric cultural change that delivers improved performance. John is the former managing director and transformation director at the UK retail bank, Abbey National. Since leaving Abbey National, John has become a recognized leading global expert in the retail banking arena through his customer-centric approach. He's now running the unique customer experience store tour. And it's great to have you with us today, John. Great. Thanks very much for inviting me. Delighted to be involved in uh, an event that focuses on the customer, which is uh, what it's all about. You're going to be successful. Great. Um, we're also joined by Alterna CX co-founder, Poiras Uskan. Previously, Poiras was the principal at the management consulting firm, Peppers and Rogers Group, serving clients in telecommunications, retail, and transportation industries across four continents. He has been actively participating in leading the customer-centric transformation in banks with the use of the voice of the customers. So welcome to both of you. It's great to have you. Good to be here. Um, so just to give a brief context into today's conversation to our listeners especially, um, today's banks are competing not only with other banks, but also with major technology firms. Only a couple of weeks ago, Forbes published an article on Amazon's impending invasion of banking industry. In order to succeed, banks need to constantly innovate and transform their way of working. And all of this requires building a customer-centric culture into the DNA of the bank. So, um, John, you've been traveling around the world, working with many banks in different regions. As an expert on the subject, what are your thoughts on some of the main challenges the financial industry is facing today? I think the, uh, the main challenges that are being faced today are really pretty fundamental, quite frankly. It's not just about whether they can compete in this environment. It's also about can they survive? We talk about competition coming from other banks. We talk about the new digital banks, the ones that don't have any branch network. We talk about um, fintech and how they've started to impact the world. But I think the biggest challenge is coming from techs. Those are the ones who are using a lot of their data to be able to give customers exactly what they want. So whether you happen to be uh, Alibaba of this world, whether it's Amazon, Apple, all of those are huge, powerful organizations, extremely customer-centric organizations which monitor and listen to what customers want and give them solutions. And I think the biggest challenge we've got today is about this cultural mindset. But on one hand, realizing the tsunami of change is coming, and in some regard, the tsunami perhaps is coming more from the east than from the west. But these organizations are changing the way we behave, the way we shop. We see everywhere around the globe how people are using technology to be able to get what they want now, when they want, 
rather than having to, to wait or go through difficult processes. So some big, big challenges for the banks to face wherever you are in the globe, quite frankly. Um, I know you mentioned, you know, they're facing a great change. And uh, so within this new environment and challenges, uh, how can organizations differentiate and what are some of the barriers they need to overcome other than or similar to the change that they're facing? I think it, it, change is something which has really got to come to the t from the top of an organization. If you're going to make fundamental change, it needs to be driven from the very top of organizations. If you look at the competing organizations like those big techs, it comes from the very senior management who understand the word of the customer, see the word through the eyes of the customer, and that's what banks have got to do. I think if you look at banking organizations, if you look at the boards of banks, for example, you will often find that the uh, there are more people with accountancy backgrounds, maybe rather than technology backgrounds. There's a growth in people having perhaps a customer experience director on the board level. But those are relatively recent um, changes within the industry. And I think if things are going to change, it's got to come really from the top. The people at the top have got to think and behave and understand the world of customers. And I suppose when I look at the banking industry, too many banks um, are ones where senior teams are somewhat remote from what goes on at the front line. There's often a different view in head office than there is from people at the front of the organization, whether they happen to be in a call center, whether they happen to be in a, in a branch environment. But it's where those organizations really understand what the problems our customers got and find solutions to resolve them, rather than being uh, pushed, pushing products, trying to sell their products and services. Rather than trying to do it that way, the organizations successful the one who create a culture where somebody wants to buy the product rather than having to have that product sold to them. So um, I'm sure you've worked with uh, many, you know, many banks that have successfully implemented this transformation. Um, could you share maybe three or four examples on you know the learnings and best practices uh, from banks that have actually successfully transformed or at least have started to transform their culture? into becoming a more CX-driven organization? And maybe, you know, some ideas to give to our listeners on what they're actually doing differently. I think what's interesting in, in this sort of move to a more cultural, uh, customer-centric environment, one of the issues that Hanks talked about in the early stages was perhaps moving towards more customer measurement rather than sales measurement. And, and whilst that is perhaps easy to say, I'm not convinced it's actually easier easy to deliver. There are many banking organizations around the globe that will tell you perhaps that they measure customer experience, but what the people are rewarded for is selling products and services, and that's, that's fundamental to the, the cultural change that's required. So if you look at organizations perhaps like Tenska Handels Bank in Sweden, uh, a bank that has no sales target, doesn't even have budget, an organization that is all about giving customers what they want. There are other organizations, um, people like First Direct, a uh, subsidiary of HSBC in the UK, telephone and internet banking operation, very heavily focused on all of these challenges that are needed to be you know, making change inside the organization, particularly around this sort of targeting and getting a balance between still delivering the business 
at the end of the day, doing it because customers like dealing with that organization. I think I look at other organizations away from maybe a UK environment and places like the States where you've got Umqua Bank, uh, USAA, very customer centric organization delivering a very different form of um, experience for customers. Because it is at the end of the day all about experience. You see that in at uh, least with uh, Emirates NBD, a lot of work going on there in creating differentiated experience for a customer, something that's worthwhile going to rather than somewhere you have to go to. The same would be true in uh, UK with Metro Bank, um, heavily based as a, as a physical face to face environment. It gives outstanding service. It was longer hours than, than competition. Staff are targeted to give customers what they want rather than to solve products. And that whole environment creates a much better experience for customers. But it is this challenge between um, physical and digital balance right between the two. There's a brand in the UK, uh, CYBG, which is the uh, client selling Yorkshire banking group. They've developed a separate brand called Bank B, the letter B. And they've done some really innovative. Um, work to bring together the world of digital and the world of digital. And, and that's been hugely successful for others now starting to think, well, maybe we should be doing something different. It is all around creating customer centricity, measuring what customers think. At the end of the day, the customers are people paying your salary. You don't look after them, you have a choice. In most markets, there are too many banks. There's a choice. You can go somewhere else. You don't have to go to a bank to buy your financial services. You can go to um, many other parties who will do it for you. You go where it's easy. It can be very boring, like financial services. But it's only boring because you create a boring environment. You create a really boring Thank you. Um, so, also, what could be some practical methods uh, to implement customer-centric transformation? And maybe more importantly, what could happen if banks do not invest in this transformation? I think that in terms of not investing in this uh, desired change is a huge risk for the banking organization. The world is dramatically changing. The best of the organizations now will know pretty quickly after the interaction with a customer what actually the customer's feelings are. And it's not just about a customer feeling positive about it. It's about them feeling that they've had an experience with the work while sharing with other people. makes them want to return, makes them buy more products from that organization. I think in terms of the measurement system alone, that's the core to so much almost the skeleton that now needs to be put inside organization uses the data you've got. Banks have a huge amount of uh, structural data, transactional data, but it's the unstructured data that is the real value. What you know about somebody, when they're going on holidays, whether they've got weddings coming in, that is the transaction activity that sits and has in their system, but a lot of that data um, because of the people dealing with the customer side of the telephone. It's how you then almost become more one of the family. You become more a friend of the customer rather than seeing 
somebody who's there just to try and save you products. But it's how you want to use that data. And, and I think the systems that are in place that your organization is talking about really can make an enormous difference to bottom line performance. And that's what it's about. You've got to make, make money. You know, it's not, you're not, you're acting with charities, they need to make money. But they're going to make money if customers want to deal with them. And if you're seen as doing something positively helping them, um, rather than being intrusive and getting that balance of permission from the customer to use your data and ensure it's not being intrusive in terms of imposing on them in a way that they, they find you as being, you know, like big rubber. If you can do that, and the systems are there to achieve that, can significantly improve. Um, so thank you. So I have one last question for you, John. Um, and I know you were really touched base on this a little bit, but how can banks know and measure that they're actually successful in creating customer trans centric transformation? <laughs> um, I think it's an interesting question because I think an awful lot of banks, if you read the annual accounts, would tell you they're spending huge amounts of money on making right better customers. When you go and stand the bank or talk to them remotely, and I won't call necessarily the thing the same way. It's about getting a better share of customers, ensuring that maybe they are more likely to be recommending you into a bit of net promoter But then you can see that in terms of their increase in usage. You want those people to be. Almost decided uh, organization that will go and promote your brand because of the good things you do. And I suppose if most, most people in their daily lives would think of the brands they deal with, but the number of brands that people are really strong promoters of is very limited. It may be, for example, if you're an Apple user, you have a strong positive about Apple. Maybe a certain <coughs> brand of cigarette, it might be a uh, a motor car brand that you're, you are very strongly in favour of, and you would tell other people, yes, you should try that particular vehicle or that particular brand. Those brands have taken time to build a reputation, and that reputation is primarily about the quality, the trust, the quality of the product, the quality of the people. Somewhere where they will go that extra mile to make sure that they find solutions for the challenges you've got throughout your life. Any customer needs banking services throughout their life. And I suppose I look at it a bit like you have a, um, a doctor who looks after your financial well-being, looks after your physical well-being. So the doctor is there. When you have a problem, you go to the doctor, you talk to the doctor, you come up with hopefully some solutions which ensure that your physical health is in a good state going forward. The role of the banker is to be the financial job. Somebody who's there, being able to come up with solutions, to listen to what it is you have things for, be able to give you those solutions going forward. And if you create a world where you are like a member of the family, like you're a person who is the financial doctor for customers, you will find yourself having created a very positive customer-centric environment. But it is about fundamentally transforming the business model. It's not 
fiddling around at the edges and saying, well, it'll change because we've got some different measured systems in place. It's fundamentally rethinking the culture, the sort of people you've got dealing with customers, the whole way you go about resolving problems, the speed at which you resolve, and understanding that finding what the problem is, finding a solution, will generally lead you to be a very customer-centric, successful banking operation. Well, thank you so much, John, for the great insights. It was really interesting. Um, so, Poiraz, uh, you have been working with some of the leading banks, BNP Paribas, Ishbank, and Akbank, to name a few. How do you see measurement shaping, and what role does it play in transformation? Well, um, measurement is actually one of the critical navigational components of the customer-centric transformations, uh, at least the ones that I've seen. And uh, the banks I've been working very close uh, have made this uh, a top-down uh, priority for themselves. Um, historically, banks have been doing uh, customer experience measurements uh, with metrics like uh, CSAT or uh, Net Promoter Score, and uh, dashboards and uh, ex uh, executive reports are prepared and shared within the management, and uh, the MPS or other metrics are set as a performance target for every employee as part of the customer-centric transformation. And these type of uh, transformations actually uh, have been uh, happening and progressing in uh, different environments. And uh, I think there is a lot of upcoming uh, new additions to this transformation in the coming years. Uh, well, that's great for us. Thank you. And uh, in your experience, again, how long does it take to have Voice of the Customer program up and running? And it's probably quite an answer for the CX professionals that are listening. When can they actually start to see some results? Before I come to uh, the Voice of the Customer setup, uh, maybe just a little bit of background of um, you know where this you know, customer-centric transformation has been coming from in terms of uh, movement and successes. Um, you know, a couple of points I would like to make is previously for customer-centric transformations, I think banks were having more static uh, metrics in terms of seeing what's actually happening. And uh, now uh, we see banks are moving to a more dynamic and comprehensive measurement of uh, customer-centric transformation uh, performance tracking. A uh, couple of uh, you know examples on that is first, you know they're uh, making their measurements closer to real time as opposed to days or weeks uh, in earlier and after customer transactions, and these gives them, uh, especially the managers and the executives, a more uh, refreshed and um, you know more accurate view of what's happening. Um, and second, also in terms of enforcing or uh, empowering uh, this as a cultural move, uh, the results are pushed down to every single part of the organization, down to the branch level or to the uh, person who is designing an application. And we see the bank management becoming fully transparent about sharing the voice of customers uh, live with the employees as they happen. And uh, they basically democratize the uh, customer uh, you know, insight. For example, uh, one of the largest banks uh, in Turkey uh, has been uh, sending an end-of-the-day pop-up notifications to the bank uh, employees, line employees. And uh, the main uh, objective is to tell the uh, branch employee 
the score, uh, the customer satisfaction score for that day, uh, the customer satisfaction score for that day for the branch itself and also for the bank itself. Uh, so uh, you know, just for a couple of minutes, uh, they're trying to make the employee uh, think about, uh, you know, the customer centric being customer centric uh, for a few months. And finally, um, we've seen a lot of, um, you know, measurement efforts uh, going towards uh, journey measurements uh, because previously banks were more concentrated around measuring uh, channels uh, such as branch, internet, you know, call center, ATM and so on. But right now, also with advancements in technology, we can also start tracking and measuring journeys uh, that start from you know, uh, digital channels and move to uh, physical channels or start in digital channels and end in digital channels, such as you know, uh, loan uh, applications uh, and others uh, for mobile channels. So uh, you know, voice of customer is now uh, you know, moving uh, to identify breakpoints in journeys and banks are moving towards measuring journeys. And in terms of your question about how to actually, uh, how, how long does it take to have a voice of customer uh, program up and running? It really depends on where the bank is and where they want to go. And of course, the time uh, required for the journey. Um, some banks, as far as we see, uh, pick a specific journey, such as you know online loans. In this case, a small data and a team is involved to get going to start the voice of customer program. Um, but in other cases, we see banks rolling uh, an end-to-end program covering all uh, channels or uh, journeys uh, at one shot. Um, but in our experience uh, with banks in Europe, we see banks can activate in terms of the period to activate the voice of customer program. This could be happening in as little as three, three, four months and go up to uh, a year, I would say. And uh, when it comes to results, of course, it depends on your starting point and your scope. But in one case, one of our um, uh, clients uh, in uh, have identified more than uh, 20 quick fixes in different journeys and about 100 improvement points uh, within eight weeks. Uh, some other um, you know, uh, clients have started seeing results uh, of increasing uh, net performance, uh, net promoter score metrics in a couple of uh, months. Um, and my last question for you as well. Um, so what are the latest trends in the voice of the customer program? Well, again, this is like, um, you know, it really depends on the maturity of mm-hmm. uh, the bank, uh, the uh, and the, I would say, the uh, readiness of the markets. But uh, let me let me try and give you some, uh, you know, observations from what I've been seeing within Europe um, and uh, uh, Asia and Middle East. Uh, first of all, uh, there's definitely a movement towards the journey measurement. You know, I've uh, briefly mentioned that. Um, you know, I see that uh, voice of customer insights will be becoming much more tightly integrated in, uh, you know, journey improvements. And uh, voice of customers becoming a great uh, toolbox uh, for the agile teams um, as they improve the services and um, you know, work on service design progress uh, process. And uh, as a result, uh, improvements can be tracked rigorously. Second, uh, I see behavioral metrics of customer experience uh, are, appear, uh, are going to appear more and more on stage. Uh, in addition to perception metrics, uh, like customer experience perception metrics, such as NPS or others. Um, and uh, in terms of behavioral metrics, I'm talking about like digital po- footprints, such as being able to track 
uh, journeys such as applying for loans, uh, credit cards, and uh, you know, customer experience professionals uh, seeing bottlenecks from the behavioral data as they happen, as opposed to uh, learning about what's happening by af- asking the question and uh, you know having a post you know uh, observation about what has happened. And uh, with this type of uh, information, first of all, banks can identify uh, bottlenecks uh, you know much more faster. Uh, and prioritize those journeys, you know, much more faster. And uh, when they uh, couple these information with the, the satisfaction scores, they can also see what is actually driving, you know, satisfaction uh, or net promoter score better. And uh, again, uh, with this type of information, uh, uh, in addition to net promoter score, they can also start predicting uh, customer satisfaction rather than uh, relying on a limited uh, set of uh, customer responses as a result of net promoter surveys. And finally, uh, I would like to say a couple of words about impact uh, analytics. As far as I see, um, for most of the banks right now, keeping just an NPS score or measuring is not going to be enough. And uh, it's, it's a great start, of course. It has to be the first point. But uh, the real progress, uh, the real improvement comes from understanding what's driving uh, net promoter score, what's causing it to go up and down. Uh, not at the top level, but at the granular level, so that you can uh, tell your employees, a single employee, you know, what he or she has to change, or someone who is, um, you know, uh, responsible of uh, a specific product, what needs to change in order for that uh, product to uh, have a, a higher uh, MPS. And um, for these automated tools uh, such as uh, natural language processing um, and text mining is already making this possible. So uh, we see the next frontier uh, here as uh, you know identifying the root causes of customer experience by uh, you know coupling the net promoter score and the text comments from customers to identify uh, root causes and then connecting these data to hard metrics like uh, sales assets under management so that the executives can see and track uh, what's actually happening in customer satisfaction how does it impact the overall uh, other performance metrics of the bank, uh, the, the hard metrics of uh, performance such as like uh, sales churn, etc. So I try to give you uh, an overview, of, uh, a general overview. Of, but again, like it depends on the maturity of the uh, maturity mm-hmm. of the uh, bank. But uh, it seems like um, a very uh, good and uh, bright feature is waiting uh, for the banks to uh, make and differentiate from customer experience. Well, that's great insights, Kodas. Thank you. And well, thank you to you both for your time. Uh, it was a great conversation. Uh, John, would you like to add any last thoughts? Yes, I think uh, there's some superb points that uh, have just been covered. That There's no doubt the whole issue of managing that customer journey is absolutely important. And it's something which traditionally the banks have not uh, been as good at as some of the other organizations in the, in the retail and uh, big tech environment. And I suppose if you look at organizations like Alibaba and uh, Amazon in particular, you know, that's, that's where so much of the learning can come. Those organizations are becoming masters at managing the journey, seeing where the, the benefits are of additional benefits to customers, where they can sell additional products, where they can improve the journey. But it's all about being able to learn from the customer almost 
as the experience is taking place, rather than waiting, often in a bank environment, you wait for a survey that takes place, I don't know, maybe a month later, maybe even six months or more later, in terms of what, what customers think of an organisation. And that, that, that sort of very old school of school um, approach to it is, is not going to be successful in the future. You need to be knowing as quickly as possible what it is the customer is feeling about the interaction it just had with your organization so that you can adapt and change it and learn from it, not just for that customer, but for other like customers as well. Because if you do that, then it's, you will find that you'll improve the experience. And it is all about experience. It's People make so many of the decisions these days based upon emotions, not upon rationality. So when you're looking to buy clothing, whether you're looking to buy cars, rationality is often, we think, is the reason we make the decisions, but actually it's about emotional decisions. So the more you can tap into that, get immediate feedback from customers, the more you're going to create those journeys that customers find really beneficial and your business goes up accordingly. And, of course, there are banks around the world that are working hard at achieving that, but there's an awful lot of scope for an awful lot of other banks to um, engage more actively in this space in order to, as I said at the outset, not just to um, compete in this environment, but in many regards to actually survive as well. But if you don't do it, the customers have a choice to go somewhere else. Essentially, uh, we're trying to measure something that is like a soft metric, uh, like emotion, but we have to measure it because, you know, otherwise we wouldn't know whether we are improving or not. So, um, you know, there is a great reward, but it's also, um, I think, uh, from what I understand from John, it's also a really challenging task to uh, do so. Uh, but it has to be a necessity for most of the banks. I'd agree. Well, thank you very much for your time again, and uh, especially thank you for uh, our listeners that joined in. And if you have any questions, feel free to contact us from our website, alternacx.com slash contact us. I've also shared the link in the description. Um, so until next time, goodbye.